Hello and welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build a profitable property portfolio that completely aligns with their goals. So how are you doing this week? I hope you are really well. It's not just been me on my own for a couple of weeks. And if you didn't already go back and listen to my amazing guests that I had over the last two weeks, I really suggest you do. The first one was um, Adam Vickers, who came and talked to me about joint ventures and investors and how he even used angel investors, which I know there's been a lot of discussion about on my Facebook group, Property Investment Mastery. Oh, if you haven't already joined Property Investment Mastery, I really suggest you do. I'm going to put the link below. It's a really great place to have those property investment conversations. Secondly, I then had Louise Cartwright last week who came and spoke to me about money blocks and removing money blocks so that you can continue building. And that's so relevant for property investors because one of the number one things that I hear is that property investors don't have the money to invest in property. So if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with the mindset around money, definitely go back to last week's podcast and listen to it. I was in awe. I came away from that podcast recording thinking, yes, I can do anything. I was literally like dancing down the street. I had a um, la la land moment. Um, So do go and have a listen to this. So this week, what am I going to talk to you about? Well, everything that's been going on. Um, there's never a dull moment in my life, especially for property investment and all of the different things that are going on. Now, I wanted to call this podcast, everyone I told about property investment thinks I'm mad because I saw a comment um, about that in my Facebook group. And it made me chuckle because only people who have got the mindset for investing in property and investing in assets understand how much you want to do it to uh, get away from the fact that you're just in this environment where you go to your nine to five, you get a certain salary in your bank account. Um, maybe you put a little bit into savings, but your money's never growing. And I think as an investor, all we try to do is make our money grow into something that will eventually work well for us long term. And the reason I believe that when you're talking to somebody and they're like, you're mad for investing in property at the moment, especially because uh, the comment underneath said the UK sucks to own property sucks so bad is because there's so much in the press right now about the different tax laws that we've got coming in, the changes to government uh, regulation, the removal of section 21 notices. And so for a lot of people, they're just seeing the negatives of owning property and not the positives. Actually, there is still ways that you can make money. There is still going to be capital growth over a longer term. We're not looking so much at shorter term, especially in the UK right now. Some areas are having an awful lot of growth. Some areas have grown by um, up to 20% last year. I'm looking at you, Sheffield. You were the the place with the top growth. But there's still ways of making money in commercial, even simple buy to lets. It's just you need to have a look at how you're structuring your property um, holdings and also what money you can make out of it. So what's what's coming in. But huge emphasis nowadays needs to go on looking after your tenants. For the government to get off of our backs, we absolutely have to treat our tenants regardless of who they are. So that could be 
just your residential tenants, if you've got single family occupying your property, it could be your guests, if you're an Airbnb provider, it could be your commercial tenants, whoever it is that is using your property, you need to make sure that you are looking after them and you're providing accommodation or a property that really does uh, look after them, keeps them safe, keeps them comfortable. So regardless of what anybody else thinks about property investment, there are still ways to make money. I'm definitely still making money on property investment. Um, but you have to put that at the first and foremost in your mind. Your tenants come first. They get looked after. You make sure that you are doing the best for them. And then from there, you can start growing this portfolio in a way that works for you. So I get it. I see the bad headlines. I'm not oblivious to it. I'm also not oblivious to the fact that if you go on YouTube right now, you'll see different uh, property gurus saying that they're getting out of vanilla buy-to-lets. Um, great, fantastic. They can put whatever they want out there. That's fine. Um, they've been investing since the 90s and they were part of the 100% mortgage uh, thing that was going on just before we hit the 2008 recession. Perfectly fine. But you do you. If you've got goals, there are still ways that you can make money whilst providing top quality accommodation. So make sure that you're always sitting in that mindset rather than a mindset of panic. Oh my gosh, like I have no idea what's going on. I'm going to lose all my money. Well, the minute you start thinking that you're going to lose all your money, that's probably when it's going to happen. So start thinking about the fact that, and as my accountant says to me, the fact that you're making money, you should be proud that you're being taxed on it, but the tax man is never going to tax you 100% of your profits. Otherwise, there is no point. So I bear that in mind and he tells me that every single year that I hand him in my uh, books and he always says to me, Natasha, stop panicking about it. There's no way that you're being taxed at 100% here. Not all of your profit is going to HMRC. So I want to pass on that sentiment that even sometimes my set mindset gets thrown off with it. But still, I believe and I see because my accounts show a profit, unless I've done huge amounts of maintenance or redevelopment one year, that uh, property investment is still viable. And you need to start looking at what your goals are and what you need to change in order to make it still a viable proposition for you. So that's kind of my tip of advice, but also saying, hang in there. Don't listen to the negativity because the negativity will get you down and make you do something that you really shouldn't be doing. Okay. That being said, what am I, what have I been doing? I've had such a busy couple of weeks as usual. I don't think you expect anything less from me. Um, so the first thing that I've started last week, which is slightly out of my comfort zone is that I have a new mentor or coach, whatever you like to call them. He's a bit of both. He, he mentors me because I can get in contact with him and ask questions, but also coaches me in the right direction of things to do for the members club, because I am ready to, to make that a new, improved and better place. And I've been asking other member club owners what I can do to make it far better, um, a far more streamlined place so that when property investors come in, they can just maximize exactly what they're doing immediately. So you can get it from A to B. So where you are now to your goals in a quicker time frame because that's what we want to do. 
and I am so excited for the progress that I've been making already. Um, and I'm excited to launch it again next month. So for those of you who have heard about my members club, but are like, Natasha, it's always closed. I can never get in there. Um, 6th of June is the date for your diary, is the date that I am going to be releasing all of the details about the new and improved members club. I am Honestly, I haven't been exci this excited about doing something for a while. This was me choosing to make a decision to invest in my business in a way I've been scared to do, I guess. Scared might not, scared might not be the right word. But for those of you who have followed my newsletter, you'll have known that way, way, way back when I started um, doing NC Real Estate, I hired a coach at the time and that coach just was not right for me. Uh, they advised me to spend far too much money on things that just weren't necessary rather than showing me how to build consistently and spend my time effectively. It was kind of this uh, hustle hard and you'll get everything approach and it just didn't work. That's not my mindset. That's not the way I do things. So um, spending time with this new coach and mentor, which yes, it was a scary jump in because I didn't want that. But I'd been advised from so many other people who ran membership club that this guy was honestly the best in the business and he'd helped them and he would help, he'd be able to help me and guide me and make sure that I was offering the best. So my gosh, I'm excited. We're going to be doing a new property investment success path. So how can you get from where you are from your goals? So what you want to achieve and what you've got available right now to the point where you've got this property portfolio and you're now just working on growth and recycling the system, but also building your strategy so you can constantly move in an upwards direction and you would be able to you are able to get from a to b in a quicker time so at the moment we're just working on changing around the packages so that when you come in you can make real huge inroads into working towards your goals so if you're excited about that again i will let you know about it from the 6th of june i'll put uh the link for the members club waiting list underneath here. So you can join and be the first people through the doors when we open again. So get really excited. I'm, we're working so hard that my team and I, and we are just over the moon at how many leaps and bounds we've made and how good it's looking right now. I cannot wait to launch it again. So at the moment, I'm working super hard, super, super hard on getting that all together and making it a far better place to be. So I'm very excited to launch that. So that's one thing that I'm working on. The second thing, I've spoken about this before, I'm doing a teaching qualification for my lecturing. That's almost come to an end. I've got one more assignment due in, which is two and a half thousand words. That's due in a couple of uh, weeks time. For those people who follow me, and you're like, Natasha, you always seem to be overachieving and getting huge amounts of success and blah, blah, blah. And um, a lot of people also think that I'm a straight A student. Can I please be real with you and say that I have never been a straight A student? Never, ever. When I was doing my GCSEs and A-levels, I got a couple of A's, right? And that was fluke. That's not me um, sitting down and putting... Um, huge, huge, huge amounts of uh, revision in because I've always preferred to work hard 
rather than study hard because when I work hard at my job or my career I feel really fulfilled and like I'm moving in the right direction where I've Whereas I've always had a slightly different mindset about education. For education, I just want to know the processes. I want to know everything that's going on around uh, the subject that I'm studying because I get so passionate about it. I remember my undergraduate degree, I loved mountain geomorphology. And you might be thinking, oh my gosh, Natasha, what on earth? I loved it. Going up into the mountains, tracking the avalanche pass, seeing how far glaciers were moving. I remember... One summer I went to Chamonix and Switzerland and was walking up the glaciers seeing how far that they had moved or changed since I'd last looked at the maps. I absolutely loved it. Was I worried about what mark I was going to get out of it once I submit my assignment? No, as long as I enjoyed the process, I was perfectly happy. Now, it changed slightly when I was doing my master's because I was really in a period of poor mental health, really poor mental health. And I felt like I had to be a complete perfectionist over everything I did. And even though I was trying to make everything perfect, it re really didn't go as well as I wanted. I'd never put so much hard work into a master's and came away with a merit rather than a distinction. Um, to which I was disappointed with, but by the end I was like, you have to get this off my plate because it's just one step too far. I can't work, do my professional qualification plus do my master's. And I'd had to come to the kind of, I don't know, this frustrating place where I felt like, Natasha, you like, I don't know what's going to happen to you if you continue at this speed or this pretense that you're this perfect person um and the same really what I've learned from that is that done is always better than perfect and it might you might be thinking oh, how can you say that where you put so much content out and you're always fact checking and this that and the other and yeah I do fact check everything that we put out and yes I do um, make sure that we're always on point with how things look, but hey, life is imperfect. And I've taken that with my teaching qualification and that done is better than perfect. So whilst last semester I was getting straight distinctions, this semester I'm getting straight merits and I am perfectly happy with it because you know what? My life is full of loads of different projects that I've got going on and I'm going to continue with that done as better than perfect. And if I come out of it with a merit or even just a pass, it's fine. At least I've done it. I've enjoyed it along the way. Some of it's been really tough, but I've taken things from it that I can give to my students um, and they can, they can go from it. And do you know what? It's opened my eyes to the fact that when I'm teaching, because I love teaching, I love being a lecturer, I love sharing my information. As long as you get that enthusiasm for me as a student or one of my clients or somebody that I work with, as long as you have, you get that, you understand the subject, that for me is all I'm about. I just want you to have a complete understanding. I want you to get it. I want you to ask me questions. I want you to make sure that you understand it. For me, that's as, that's as far as it needs to go. Now, the assignments and what have you that my master's students, my undergrad students have to hand in. Fantastic. I really do want you all to do well. I don't, I'm not discrediting that in any way, shape or form. But what I'm trying to say is, yes, this is how I've, I've lived my, li my life for the last couple of years. 
I I have a lot going on. So done is better than perfect. And taking that um, pressure off myself has just been such a relief. I, c- I cannot tell you. And here's here's a little thing that I'll let you into. When people ask to see my degree certificates, both of them, no one has ever said to me, and what did you get? As long as I didn't file, uh, fail, nobody cares. No one's asked. I'm far, I, I, I feel like my strongest point is having common sense, being able to be brave and standing up in situations and and go, okay, well, I'm going to look at this situation. I'm going to give it my best shot. And if you can start taking that away, it will stop the fear of the fact that you've got to achieve X, Y, and Z, but it will keep you moving forward. And actually you're saying, oh, wow, I did that. Maybe it didn't look at like how I wanted it to, or maybe someone else has done something so much better, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter because you're moving forward and you're doing what you have to do. And also, Truth be told, when I was doing my master's, I wasted a lot of time overthinking things. And looking back on it now, I could have spent some more evenings enjoying my life. No regrets, never any regrets. Um, But I just wanted to let you in on that, that yes, I do do a lot of things. Yes, I'm always moving my life forward. Yes, I'm progressing. But I don't judge myself based upon the marks that someone else has given me. Because ultimately, it's a little bit subjective. Someone might, if you know, I get my assignment back, someone might thought it's awesome and the other person might not have thought it's as good. <laughs> so um, I wanted to explain that, uh, especially because I know a lot of people who are putting huge amounts of pressure on themselves to be perfect right now. If that is you and you're like, ah, I'm never going to get to this place of perfection where I achieve 100% or straight whatever's on whatever task you're trying to do lower the boundaries for yourself lower the boundaries and just keep moving forward the more you move forward the more you learn so you can pick up the things that you've dropped along the way that's my lesson in life and I I learn it on a daily basis so that's that that's my teaching qualification I'll get the final assignment in hopefully well I'll definitely get it in I need to write it first um, and then I'll be celebrating the fact that I'm sure there'll be a graduation somewhere that my mom would want to go to. <laughs> she she loves those things. She really enjoys it. She's been to um, both my undergraduate, my master's one. So I think she's hoping for for this one as well. Will I be there to go? I'm not sure. But you know, if I'm if I'm around, it's always nice to get to dust off the old gown and cap and turn off turn up. Well, I don't know. Again. Um, it's not the highlight of my life, but it's exciting nonetheless. Um, what else has happened? My flat that um, uh, only a couple of weeks ago, I was in London. I went and inspected it because that flat, the tenant is moving out. I put it on the market and it let like flat, which I was so pleased with because it means that I don't have to to th- really think about it. One of the big things that... Um, I do worry about and I have to be honest with you sometimes I do do worry about it it's the fact that the void period would skip over from um one mortgage payment to the next if you know what I mean so 
Um, on that flat, the mortgage payment comes out on the 13th of each month. So the tenant is moving out on the 28th um, and the new tenant is moving in on the 1st. I just like to keep that in line. So long and short of it is I never have more than a month's void period and I work hard to make sure of that. And I've kept rents generally a little bit lower so that I always, I always guarantee that that four week void period um, never go, never drags on because I just like to make sure that I've always got my rent coming in and I've always got that backup option a little bit um, in savings as well, just in case, but I hate using it if it goes over that month. Um, last year, uh, I re renovated that flat and I had two months where it was void and I'm paying for renovations and um, it was just because it desperately needed all the floor coming up, doing all the pipe work, putting in new bathroom, new kitchen, um, changing around the layout of rooms slightly. Um, and so that took that eight weeks. I would normally never have a property off the market for that long. I would be in there helping out, doing things myself. But unfortunately at the time I was, uh, I don't know what else I was doing, but there was, there was a reason why I couldn't be there helping. So this year when the tenants served notice, I was like, we're not having this off the market. We're not having this void for any longer than four weeks. So I'm glad I've got, what is it? Three day void, two day void period, fab. Three days. Is it 31 days? Yeah. Okay. Two or three day void period. Um, the only thing that I would say is that that is on a letter-only basis and the letting agent keeps getting in contact with me and saying, trying to upsell me on things, so upselling me management, upselling me the fact that they want me to pay £30 plus VAT for holding a deposit when the deposit accounts are free. Um, what else? There was cost for inventory. I'm not cool with that. Anybody listening that's a letting agent, please don't try and upsell when someone signed a contract with you for a certain um, standard or a, a certain um, job that they want doing. Don't, it really annoys me every time they get in contact with me. Yes, you've done a fantastic job. Thank you for letting it so quickly. Um, that flat always lets within a couple of viewings anyway. Um, thanks for getting a higher, higher rent for me. Brilliant. Don't come at me with your increased sales pitch. I'm really not interested, um, especially because they always try and make out like, um, oh, well, this is wrong and this is wrong. And so if we were managing it, we'd be able to do this and this. And the thing is that it's not wrong. They were telling me about my energy efficiency certificate and the fact that I needed to be more aware of um, the the impact of the windows on the flat. Now this is a top floor walk up, right? We can only get a scaffold to go up and change the windows every five to 10 years. Whenever the managing agents are doing an externals project, that externals project is actually coming up in July. So we'll change the windows then. I don't necessarily need it done right now. They're telling me that as a property manager, they would, they would be in there, they'd be doing it, they'd make sure it's happening. Chill guys it's happening. I know it's happening. So um, from that point of view, it's been a relatively smooth process. I'm excited we've got a new tenant. Tenant sounds lovely. Um, but again, the upsell has just been frustrating. I don't like having that in my inbox. Um, just do the job that I asked you to do. And if I'd like you to do more, I will ask you to do more. It is as simple as that. So I'm glad it's rented out. We make a little bit of more money. Um, fab.
great i'll look after the tenant um she'll be going into a lovely uh flat it's beautifully decorated in there if i was back in london um i'd probably go back and live in there um and i always say to chris when we have kids i'm keeping hold of that flat because when they're 18 they could go and live in london by themselves <laughs> and he's like what is that your long-term goal for that flat um yeah I guess so. It would be a nice legacy property for them to have when they're old enough, whenever we decide to have children. So um, I'm always going to keep it in tip top condition, but I do anyway. That's what I do with my property. So I'm glad that's rented out. Um, I've also started sitting down and thinking about where we're going to be investing next. And I've had the very, very like starting discussions about the fact that what do we want? And I've got a twofold approach that we are going to start implementing. Well, actually, I'm going to start implementing. Um, Chris does not want to be involved with any property investments, even though it's our our joint flat sale. He's like, uh, Tash, you just go do it on your own. So great. Um, so we're going to be looking at um, investing one for cash flow. Um, so I want to invest in something that's going to generate between uh, 500 to 1,000 pounds net per month. And I'm also going to be looking at doing a development. And here's the thing, I am going to do some of those, maybe one of those um, in the US to see how that works over here. So I can tell you the difference between the UK property market and the US property market, which I'd be very excited for. Um, so I'm gonna do that. Um, we're going to buy another rental property in the UK. And I'm also looking for um, an office ground floor with um, residential above that I could turn into serviced uh, accommodation. So those actually, that's three three projects I'm going to be looking to do. I'm not going to be doing them all at once, uh, mainly because uh, for the next eight weeks, I'm pretty um, blocked out. I want to make the most of my mentorship program we're getting married in two months time. And I, I just want to make sure that that week we're in the UK is calm, but we're definitely going to start on one prior to that. So I'm going to keep you updated. Um, but yeah, add to the cash flow, then use our money, recycle it, take it back out. That should give us a bigger pot. Then as we've got the bigger pot, I'll put half of that back into another rental property for a long-term investment. And then I'll use half of that for a development pro project again, go through the cycle, buy something, do it up, sell it, use that money and keep splitting it in half. That's honestly, that's a long term goal for me. Uh, but I also like quite ha like having uh, projects that uh, I can just rent out and they can sit there. I don't necessarily need to do a redevelopment project, which brings me nicely onto the World Built Environment Forum and where I got some of these ideas from. I was at the World Built Environment Forum on Monday, which really interesting. I find I find it incredibly interesting. And I've got a couple of guests coming on next week who we should probably talk more about that because they were there with me. One of the key things that I took away from it was the fact that as we're building our property portfolios, we need to be looking at hybrid solutions rather than uh, single solutions, you know. So if you've got an office space, for example, you need to be able to change around that office space so that every time um, trends change and different needs for office space change, you're able to adapt pretty quickly. 
And that for me was interesting. And that was what was make, what uh, the larger scale investors were saying was um, a better way of making money because you can always be adaptable. You can be flexible. And from that, that's, there was a, a really interesting note from WeWork who was saying, actually, you know what? We always design our offices with a generation in mind. So maybe they've got offices for millennials and they're starting to put together a, a, a um, office space for Generation Z. So it's about figuring out your target audience, but also not being afraid to think, do you know what, if in five years time we need to change this because the way people live in or work in office space changes, we can definitely do that. We could change this office space into rental accommodation, for example, or we could change this into leisure use. And I think that's interesting. And it goes along the trend of live, work, play, which is what a lot of investors are trying to do at the moment. Build these all-inclusive buildings. You can live there. You can use their shared office space. You can go to the gym or use their leisure facilities. And definitely in America, this is far more of a trend than in the UK because the American property market doesn't seem that bothered by tearing a building down and putting it back up with these these new standards. Whereas in the UK, it's harder and probably so because buildings are far more far older and there's that sentimental aspect of it. You know, I we like the facade. We want to keep it how it is. So then property investors have to slowly take out the inside, build it back up. Maybe they don't have the space for this uh play side of things or maybe they don't have the space for the the work side of things or you know it's, it's a very different environment but it's we're going to start seeing it more in the UK because the American template works really well over here and they seem to get buildings up a lot quicker than we do in the UK so I'm excited to see how that works and I would like to start uh, developing my own standard of that as well hence where the office on the ground and the uh, residential above comes in. And as I develop that idea, I'll let you know more about it. So that was it. That was a key takeaway. The other key takeaway that the day finished with, and I noted this, it was like, oh, are we seriously going towards this? Um, Chief advisor for the Bank of England was at this event and he was saying how they're going to start developing mortgage products which have cheaper interest rates the more sustainable your building is. So you know we have EPCs in the UK and we've got the A to G rating. You cannot let a property with an F and G rating. Uh, pretty soon you're not going to be able to sell a property with an F and G rating either. Um, and what he was saying is that they're going to go they're going to start implementing measures which make it mandatory for landlords, both commercial and residential, to improve the sustainability of their properties. And in doing that, what they're going to do is start giving incentives. Hey, we'll, we'll get the banks to offer you cheaper interest rates and we'll support that if you make your buildings more sustainable. So watch this, this space. I don't think it's a 2019 thing. We're probably looking at 2020, but how interesting is it that we are moving to more, towards sustainable buildings in that way? And if we start seeing these incentives, fantastic. You know, cheap interest rates, brilliant. We need that as landlords, especially in the buy-to-let sector, because we have to keep um, our mortgage interest payments down because, of course, we're moving again towards a time when we aren't um, able to deduct any of that from our rental income. So cheaper mortgage rates are will be 
brilliant. So that's a key takeaway that we really should um, bear in mind. And as we can make our properties more sustainable, we definitely can. Okay. So here we are at the end of the podcast. I think I've covered everything that's going on um, and there's always so much more to come. So as, as things uh, continue, I will let you know about progress. So if you want to hear more from me, head on over to my website, www.mcrealestate.co.uk. There are so many awesome blogs. If you want to come and join the property investment conversation, head on over to Facebook and join the Facebook group, Property Investment Mastery. And do not forget to subscribe to this podcast because every single week on a Tuesday at 7am UK time, you will be the first to access all of the awesome information that comes out. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.